Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 how you doing? What's going on? As you can see on the screen behind me, we got some ADP pulled up because I want to go through some of the top 10. And you know, there might be a different name here or there that you disagree with, or I may even disagree with based on the ADP changing every single day. But right now, some of the top 10 players that I'm going to be seeing specifically in my rankings that I think are going to provide you some value based on where they're currently going drafted. So this is going to be titled as probably like the top 10 picks in the draft show. But obviously, the top 10 picks in the draft are going to be Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, right? Michael Thomas, all these guys on the ADP right here for top 10 overall. This is based on value, average draft position, where you can get a guy around later than he's going that I personally like a lot more than that and he's slipping or you might want to reach a little bit right on some of these guys because hey they're going in like the fourth round but you can get them in the third round right here and we really like them based on our rankings over on the supreme draft guide link down below for just $10 the final week for just $10 thanks to monkey knife fight link down below right now to dominate your draft to make fools out of your league mates and to also make me potentially go broke with this offer check it all out link down below but I'm excited to talk through this one we'll be looking at some of the player profiles in the supreme draft guide for kind of uh, just a little bit more context and talking through some of the players. There's 10 of them. So it's not going to be an hour long video, right? I'm going to go through about a minute or two on each player and we're going to go from there. So let's start it all off. And before we do like button real quickly for me, thank you all so much for that one. I appreciate that. Another one subscribe button, big one on the screen, bottom right hand corner takes two seconds of your time. Again, I appreciate all of you so much. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your day. Hopefully you're about to dominate and smack your league mates right in their little faces with the help of this video, dominating them by getting the values in the draft, picking them off one by one, sniping them from miles away from the top rope, falling right on them. They don't see you coming with all this value that you're dominating them with. Let's get into it right now. And the first player that I want to go to, and we have to scroll, and this is what you like to see. You got to scroll for this. Allen Robinson. Now, Allen Robinson is currently going off the board 30th overall. When I looked at this yesterday, it was 32nd overall. So I guess uh, we're getting a little bit of steam. People are starting to notice this a little bit more from some of the content we're producing here and probably around the industry. But Allen Robinson right now, for me in my overall wide receiver rankings, again, these are in the Supreme Draft Guide down below. Allen Robinson overall for me is my 21st overall player off the board. He is my wide receiver six. Yes, I have Allen Robinson ahead of Chris Godwin. I have Allen Robinson ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. I have him ahead of guys that you love and OBJ and Mike Evans and all these names that you probably don't think I would. I got that man ahead of all of them right now. And I love Allen Robinson this year. Look, there's a couple things that we can talk about. We can go to his player profile. Let's go to it right now. Why not? These are the player profile page. We can go to it right now, a little sneak peek behind the curtain. And I can just put the stats up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. And I can tell you how dominant he was last year, how he was pretty much top five to top eight in every single category that really mattered. Statistics, right? Overall routes. His target share was 27%. His overall receptions were sixth in the league with 98. He had 153 targets, which was fifth overall. A 30% red zone target share. That's everything last year working with Mitch Trubisky. In the past, he's had to work with Christian Hackenberg in college. He's had to work with guys in, in the NFL and Blake Bortles. And again, Mitch Trubisky. And now Nick Foles over the last couple of days of camp seems to have taken the job as many people are expecting, but now he's actually performing. And this is going to be the best quarterback he's ever played with, which isn't saying much, but it is an upgrade from Nick Foles and Blake Bortles. I would say so myself. And just look at this beautiful man, Allen Robinson out of Penn State. Shout out Penn State. But if you go down now to target competition, there's not going to be much. The Bears did not do much in the draft. The target competition, they didn't really do anything. It's going to help Anthony Miller, the fact that they didn't bring in any wide receivers from the draft that are really going to impact directly right away. They brought in Darnell Mooney, a fifth round wide receiver, but I don't expect him to take on a major role. They're converting Cordell Patterson into a running back right now. They signed Ted Ginn Jr. in the free agency period, who he's going on his last leg is more so of a speedster. So Allen Robinson on the outside with Anthony Miller moving from the slot to the outside, depending on if it's a two or three wide receiver set is going to be dominant like he was last year. Now he did cool off down the stretch as Anthony Miller was actually the top wide receiver the final six weeks of the season, but it was very close in all the statistical categories. He was edging out Robinson by like a reception or two. He was edging him out by like 40 yards overall. 
overall, that type of thing, right? So Robinson is going to be an alpha in this league. And for me, if you can get him right now, I have him overall as a 21st overall player, which means that I would personally be taking him. I wouldn't reach for him in the second round, but I'm fine taking him at the beginning of the third round if there's not elite running backs still on the board or like a Julio Jones for some reason or Devontae Adams doesn't fall that far to the end of the second, beginning of the third. It'll never happen. But just in case it does, be sure to snag those guys first. This is the rest of the team additions and subtractions. We won't go through them for every single player on this list, but I do want to let you know that this is what you get in the Supreme Draft Guide. Not only these player profiles, but you get a ton of rankings, tiers, top 150s, key, key stats, databases, and a bunch of other analysis as well. So you should be sure to check that out down below. So you can see they ended up losing Taylor Gabriel. I'm not really worried about this. He's the alpha on his team. He's going to command 130 plus targets with the upside like you saw of last year of 150 plus. Now the team did trail a lot. So if they don't play an as worse of negative game scripts, you might not see as many passing plays overall for this team as they probably convert to like 30 or 40 more rushing plays. But obviously all of those plays aren't going to knock right off of the target total of Allen Robinson. I think you're still pretty much locked into 130 to 140 targets for an alpha receiver who gets all the red zone usage on this team right now, if it's going to be a passing situation. So yes, Allen Robinson right now, I'm nine picks ahead of him on consensus. In terms of like my wide receiver rankings, I'm like six spots ahead on consensus with him as my wide receiver six. Let's get into the next fella right now. And the next fella who is going 49th overall off the board right now is the wide receiver 19 is somebody that I am much higher on than that. That man's name is going to be Robert Woods. I have him coming off 33rd overall. So I'm 16 spots overall in my top 150 ahead of consensus. And I have him as my wide receiver 12, seven spots ahead of consensus. So Robert Woods right now is the alpha on his team. He's the number one. Cooper Cup is a very good receiver. Last year, you saw overall that Cooper Cup was neck and neck with Robert Woods. But in back-to-back seasons, Robert Woods has posted 130 plus targets, including on 140 target season last year. Cup saw over a 10% touchdown rate when Robert Woods saw less than a 3% touchdown rate. Only three passing touchdowns, one rushing last year to Cooper Cup having a dominant season when it came to the red zone and touchdowns. So I don't expect Cooper Cup's role in the red zone to just diminish. And we can pull up Robert Woods' player profile real quickly as well. Pulling up his stats right now onto the screen. Yeah, I don't expect anything to diminish in a major way for Cooper Cup in terms of him still being the primary guy in the red zone, but I do expect to see a little bit more usage out of a guy in Robert Woods there. You can see last year, the 140 target season, a 23.4 overall target share with a 14% red zone share. I expect that to go up. Second overall in yak yards after the catch with 560. We do love that. And 35% of his snaps came out of the slot, which shows his versatility. And anytime a dominant receiver on the outside, which I wouldn't say dominant in terms of physical specimen, but I would say that a very good receiver at getting separation in Robert Woods on the outside moves to the slot. It becomes even more efficient and effective for the offense and that player's overall stat line. You know what you're getting out of Jared Goff, another bad offensive line, a defense that I don't expect to be anything fantastic. I expect them to throw a ton again. They led the league last year, co-led in pass attempts with 626. I'm expecting another 600 passing season or 580 plus pass attempt season. That's only going to help the wide receiver one in this offense in Woods. You know the target competition if you've been paying attention to fantasy. There's no more Brandon Cooks. There's no more Todd Gurley. It's Cooper Cup. It's Tyler Higby. It's Josh Reynolds. And keep an eye on Van Jefferson, who I think is a very good and interesting deep sleeper this year. Now the Rams want to run more two tight end sets, which means just two wide receivers on the field, two tight ends and a running back with your quarterback. But I think they're going to continue to just play a ton of three wide receiver sets as well. And normally they play the same three guys. That's what you've seen in the past. Brandon Cooks, Woods, and Cup. This year, that would be Brandon Cooks, Cup, and Josh Reynolds. And Josh Reynolds has been a pretty solid receiver for them when he gets the opportunities. Again, maybe only 20% of the snaps when all those other guys were healthy in the past. But Van Jefferson has been showing out in camp so far. So you do want to keep an eye on Van Jefferson overall right now. I don't know now that Brandon Cooks was actually a very good and talented receiver. 
obviously that's why they probably didn't put in Josh Reynolds as much three stud receivers on your team if Reynolds struggles a little bit and Van Jefferson is performing very well that could actually open the door for Van Jefferson as a deep sleeper that's a totally different type of video topic but I might as well just lay that knowledge on you for you real quick so right now Robert Woods I'm seven spots ahead of him on consensus for my wide receiver ranks and I'm way way ahead of the field I have him overall right now as our 33rd player off the board and he's going 49th so if you land Robert Woods in the fourth round feel really good about that if you land him in the fifth round which is where he's going right now feel even better about that same team different position and cam makers cam makers are going off the board as the rb29 and overall 69th off the board and that's just that's just wrong that's very wrong daryl henderson jr now this adp is going to get higher so depending on when you're watching this be sure to take advantage daryl henderson jr has pulled his hamstring slash groin whatever it might be so he's going to be playing limited to begin with now he's already has worse draft capital around picked later last year and he didn't get on the field as much as he couldn't get caught up to speed on the playbook was dealing with a little bit of injuries and for some reason you have cam makers going way 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 too late cam makers to me is a fourth round pick I have Cam Akers right now as my RB23, and I have him overall 43rd overall. Honestly, if you're at the end of the third round and you could take two quicks back to back and you feel like you need a second running back or a third running back, if you're playing in a two flex league or even just a flex league to fill out all those positions, get the RB depth. I don't hate taking Cam Akers third overall. Now his offensive line sucks. It was the last, it was the dead last offensive line last year in the NFL, and they didn't really do much to improve it this year, really nothing at all. So that's not great. But Cam Akers worked with the fourth worst power five overall last year in college offensive line, and he was still able to put up a productive season. He's a very good pass catcher. He's good in pass protection, and he's been able to show that he can actually work behind bad offensive lines. And bad offensive lines are using last year's analysis onto this one. There's no reason we can't say that. Even if they're like the 24th worst offensive line and the players on the line from last year just improved this offseason a little bit, can you just get a little bit better for us? It's going to help that offense and K-Makers a good amount. The biggest piece of news here is that he was a fifth round pick for me, definitely a steal in the sixth round if he was there. But now with Daryl Henderson Jr. injured, K-Makers is definitely going to be, in my opinion, the lead back in this offense, at least to start the year. A lot of similar analysis for a man in Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is currently going off the board as the 66th overall player, the RB28. Kareem Hunt is now my RB24 as I have moved him up yet another spot with a David Montgomery injury. So Kareem Hunt is now my RB24. He cracks my top 25 official rankings. He is now in officially an RB2 for me, which means your top 12 players at the running back position are RB1s. Your next 12, if this is a 12-man league, are your RB2s. So Kareem Hunt is now an RB2 for me, and I'm getting him way more than consensus. He is 53rd for me off the board right now. I think these players in Cam Akers and Kareem Hunt, if you could still land him in the fifth round, are fantastic options to go stud running back in the first round, load up on two stud receivers. Let's say you start with this start right here. Miles Sanders at the end of the first, Devontae Adams and or Julio Jones, or it's going to be or Julio Jones to start to your second round. Your third round comes back around, you're able to snag an Allen Robinson, and then your fourth pick is a Cam Akers or a Kareem Hunt, or maybe both of them if it comes all the way back around, which I doubt at that point, but it could based on this ADP. So Kareem Hunt, yeah, you know what you're going to get. He saw 10 touches per game last year. About half of them were receptions. He out-receptioned Nick Chubb in half of the game since he was suspended for the first eight. He's in an offense that is now led by Kevin Stefanski. So, so you're going to see more two tight end sets. You're going to see more run heavy approach. At least we think based on what he did in Minnesota with the Vikings and Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and Mike Boone for the end of the last two games last year. An improved offensive line surely helps Nick Chubbs towards a 300 touch season on the ground like he was there last year with 298. You're going to get a first round pick in Jedrick Willis. You're going to get Jack Conklin, who was a very good offensive lineman for Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill last year and in the past for a while, veteran offensive lineman in Tennessee. Improved offensive line, you now get the full season out of Kareem Hunt, or at least barring injury, you will, instead of eight games. About half of his touches are going to be receptions. A normal stat line for Kareem Hunt is probably going to be somewhere around 
five to six carries and five to six targets. And that's very good to see. If you're in a situation where as a running back, very high convertibles targets out of the backfield or out of the slot where he did play last year, some of his snaps, at least now you're in a situation where you're seeing eight to 12 touches a game with three to four to five to six of those being receptions. It's a good spot to be picking apart with all the upside in the world. If anything was ever to happen to Nick Chubb, go ahead, get yourself some Kareem Hunt. He's going to be undervalued. Let's get into player number five now. Yeah. So player number five, this is just an absolute disgrace. Christian Kirk is going 109th overall. He's going outside the top 100. He's the wide receiver 40. Big mistake. He's my wide receiver 33 right now. I'm very high on Christian Kirk. I have him as my 74th player off the board. I'm 35 picks ahead of this. This does not mean you have to take him as a 74th player off the board because he's never going to go there in drafts unless you're drafting with me, but I'm not even going to reach that high for him. Based on where this is saying that Christian Kirk should be going, this consensus is trying to tell you that Christian Kirk should not be going in like the top nine rounds, or you should take him in like the ninth or 10th round. I think he's a fine seventh or eighth round pick, depending on what's left on the board. I usually snag him in the eighth round and feel really good about that value. Look, in 2019, he only played 13 games. He missed a month of the season because about three and a half weeks and he came out of a game early with an ankle injury that nobody wants to talk about. But he ended up seeing 108 targets, 709 yards, and three touchdowns all in one game. But he landed on the one yard line twice last year. He saw 8.3 targets per game, 38.7 routes run per game in that high paced Cardinals offense last year. Played a very nice and elite and whopping 42% of his snaps out of the slot. And now you get the third year jump as Hopkins will be there to take attention off of him. I don't expect Hopkins to see anywhere near the same target share as he has in the past. I think Christian. Kirk is definitely going to be in line for a hundred plus target season for a guy that now you can get in the eighth round as a strong wide receiver two candidate. Look, there's not much difference in my opinion between Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. They're both coming into the elites and primes of their career. They both had very good seasons last year and ended up getting hurt towards the middle to end of the season for both of them. You're just seeing Calvin Ridley score more touchdowns as of right now. I think that regresses a little bit. And if it does, look, I'm not saying that Christian Kirk is going to be taken over Calvin Ridley, but I want to be shocked if Christian Kirk outscores Calvin Ridley this year. Calvin Ridley has Julio Jones there. Christian Kirk has DeAndre Hopkins coming from another team. It's much harder for Calvin Ridley to outdo a man in Julio Jones than it is for Kirk to outdo Hopkins, in my opinion. Based on their environments, I do think Atlanta is going to throw more, which is why we have Calvin Ridley ranked much higher in our rankings. But Christian Kirk in this offense, they're not going to be as downfield and vertical, but they are going to run a lot of plays. So I do think that Christian Kirk can very much so outdo what he did last year, only catching 68 passes because of the injury in 13 games. I think Christian Kirk, as a wide receiver too, can catch 80 passes and see 115 targets in this offense. Another strong wide receiver two option who might be the number one wide receiver because over the last six games, he's actually outscored Kenny Galladay. I still think it's Kenny Galladay, who's a top five wide receiver for, for us this year, number five overall in my rankings. But Marvin Jones, he's going off the board as wide receiver 36, 94th overall. I currently have him inside my top 35 wide receivers. And I think he's just a fantastic option to get. I keep snagging him in like the eighth round. A lot of times if I have two quick picks and I already have like three or four running backs in the seventh and eighth, I'll usually snag up like a Marvin Jones or a Christian Kirk or a Will Fuller, Julian Edelman type player. And then I get Marvin Jones. And I feel really strongly about that. Marvin Jones last year in 13 games, nine touchdowns. This guy just scores touchdowns. He's a red zone weapon. I think he had four in one game last year. 26.3% red zone target share. He was on pace for 77 receptions, 960 yards, and 11 touchdowns on 114 targets. Now, Matthew Stafford, before Matthew Stafford got hurt, Marvin Jones was a top 18 wide receiver last year. I think he actually was 15th overall last year in the NFL through eight weeks, halfway through the season, a top 15 guy that is now going outside the top 35 on consensus, outside the top 90 picks. I don't think it's right. I think Kenny Galladay is still the guy to own here, but obviously given the ADP that we have, you can get Marvin Jones right now in like the eighth to 10th round of your drafts. If he falls to the 10th round, it's an auto snag for me. It's a steal of the draft. 26.3% red zone target share. He's a red zone monster. He's a player who's going to be out there and has huge upside weeks, but he also has those consistency weeks due to his size and physicality. So be sure with now Matthew Stafford healthy with now no other competition on the outside for his role in the right side of the field when Galladay's on the left, go get yourself some Marvin Jones. And as we get into now the second half of these players, the final four or so, please do. 
like button for me real quick. Big old subscribe button as this video is probably going to be about 20, 25 minutes long. I appreciate you all so much and I hope you're having a fantastic day. Your support for this channel is just means the world to me. If you are brand new here or maybe you've been watching honestly for like two months, and you don't know you're subscribed, just double check bottom right hand corner. It really does allow this channel to grow, pick up sponsors, third party sponsors so that I can just do this stuff on YouTube totally for free, give you all the wealth and knowledge and have it make sense for me to spend so much time researching, producing, editing and all that stuff. So thank you. I really do appreciate all of you so much. Let's get into the next player. Now we're going to actually have a tight end appearance on the show and it's going to be Janu Smith, who in my opinion is just going mistakenly way, way, way too low. Janu Smith for me right now is my tight end 11. He's going off the board as a tight end 16. I thought it would actually be worse. He used to be like the tight end 18, but he's going off the board as 143rd player off the board. For me right now, he's a guy that I'm fine to start to take like around nine and 10, right around when all those tight ends start to go off the board. I have him as my 103rd overall player. I'm 40 spots ahead of consensus and five spots higher in the tight end ranks. Look, he finished last year. These numbers are probably going to blow you away. He finished last year as a tight end 17. Okay. So he's pretty much going right now tight end 16 overall, where he finished last year as a tight end 17. But that was in non-PPR last season, producing 35 receptions, 439 yards, and three touchdowns on just 45 targets. That was with him being in the 30th ranked passing volume offense in Tennessee. But it's also important to point out that he just didn't take on the starting role until like week three or week four last year. So in about 12 weeks last year, he was able to finish as a top 17 tight end. So if you just take those numbers and give him like his worst weeks over those other four weeks, he finishes as a top 15, borderline top 12 tight end for you. And again, that's with his offense just running the heck out of the ball. What if they actually have to pass a little bit more this year because they don't become as as efficient on the offensive line. Jack Conklin being gone actually hurts them replacing that with a rookie potentially, right? Their defense gets a little bit worse and they have to pass more. All these things can happen. And if they have to pass more, you have a very efficient tight end who's now looking for more volume in John Smith. And that's a dangerous mix. Last year, John Smith was second in yards per target amongst tight ends at 9.8. I love John Smith this year. I'm trying to make him my tight end one in a lot of leagues, snag like a John Smith. And then maybe the next guy we're going to talk about on this list, like two or three rounds later, depending on the draft that you're in and how sharp the players are. So let's get into the next guy who's going to be our second and final tight end we talk about, Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon, this ADP, depending on your draft, might be a lot higher. He might be going in the 10th to 12th rounds. He's currently the 173rd player off the board, which is just, it's comical to me how late that is. I currently have Chris Herndon going off the board for me as my 141st player. So again, I'm 32 spots. I had 30 plus spots on consensus. I have him right now as my tight end 16, and I even want to move him higher. Like I want to just make him my tight end 12, put him ahead of Hunter Henry, ahead of guys like Noah Font, ahead of guys like TJ Hawkinson, and put Chris Herndon all the way up there because Denzel Mims, the rookie, is battling an injury. Rashad Perriman is in camp right now looking okay, but not standing out. Jameson Crowder's in the slot, but that's all he's going to do is be a low A dot slot receiver. They need a guy downfield in the red zone, and that's Chris Herndon based on his rookie year. Chris Herndon, 2019, he was just riddled by suspensions and then injuries, and he pretty much played like no snaps at all. He played in one game and only a couple of snaps. But in 2018, he went over 500 yards as a rookie, which is very rare to see. He caught 39 balls in 14 games. He was the number one tight end that year in true catch percentage. He was seventh in yards per target ninth in yards per outrun and eighth for fantasy points per target. He was an efficient tight end who went over 500 yards. There's only a handful, like a dozen of tight ends in their rookie season that have gone over 500 yards. And he was one of them last year. It was just the worst case scenario, suspension, and then injured. And then out the whole year because you re-injured that injury. But now with Chris Herndon coming back as potentially, honestly, Crowder is going to be the number one target to start the year, but maybe the number one weapon on this team right now is Chris Herndon. I like me some Denzel Mims. But out of Baylor, he's a rookie. He's injured right now. I'm not sure how he's going to work right into that offense on the outside, although he has a very rare combination of speed and athleticism and size. I think Chris Herndon has all that as well. And he's going to be a red zone dummy for this team. I like Chris Herndon a ton. I can't believe he's going so late. Now let's finish it up with two late round wide receivers. And we're going to be getting you all the way to Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, Green Bay Packers right now, number two wide receiver, somebody that I'm really high on at, at this point right now. So Alan Lazard has been showing a lot of promise in camp. There's nobody that's going to be beating him out. There's not a lot of guys who can beat him out on the outside. Uh, they don't really 
really have much out there to this point. They signed a player from the CFL who was very, very good last year. Outside of that, they have like St. Brown and MVS who Lazard is just more, I would say physical and more versatile than an MVS who's more straight line. And then a, a guy in St. Brown who missed all of last year, a little bit more undersized, sort of like a slot player. But Lazard is going off the board as the wide receiver 62. And I actually had to make an adjustment last week to get him higher. He's my wide receiver 54 right now. And I'm actually looking at this and I might make him even higher towards like the wide receiver 50 mark. He's going off the board as the 172nd player. I have him as the 136th player. So way ahead of consensus here by about 36 spots on Alan Lazard. Look, he profiles to be the wide receiver two in an Aaron Rodgers offense behind Devontae Adams, who's going to take a lot of attention, potentially double teams in the red zone. Green Bay did nothing in the draft. They did not sign any free agents this offseason from the wide receiver position. They did Devin Funches, but Devin Funches has now opted out for the season. They did not sign a single wide receiver in the draft. They ended up getting in like January, a undrafted player. Honestly, he was playing for the CFL wide receiver. And that's about it at this point. He averaged 43.4 yards per game last year and saw 4.7 targets per game. He was overall fourth in contested catches down the final month of the season. He finished the season off with seeing 70 plus percent of the overall share, eight plus targets in the final two games and finished as a top 20 wide receiver to end the season out. So I do like me some Alan Lazard. He was 26 in fantasy points per target. There's some ups and downs with him. He's a very raw player, but I do think all the positive things that Aaron Rodgers is saying, just sort of qualitative information, we actually have to take that and not take it lightly. Aaron Rodgers liking players means a lot for their overall potential in an offense. And Alan Lazard started to show out a little bit down the season last year. I like him a ton in this Packers offense as a wide receiver too. Go ahead and take him as a late round wide receiver. And now as a final late round wide receiver that we will talk about, a man that everybody watching this probably knows because he's been getting hurt the last two years, but he's been producing when he is healthy on the field for a game or two. And that is Deshaun Jackson going off the board as a 152nd player right now, 55th overall in the wide receiver rankings. I think it's actually kind of getting closer to where he should be getting taken, but I'm still way higher than this on Deshaun Jackson. He's my 47th overall wide receiver. So we're eight spots ahead of consensus there. And I have him as the 115th player off the board right now. Look, injury concerns, but he's going to be declared the wide receiver one early on. His only competition right now is rookies. It's guys like John Hightower. It's guys like Quez Watkins. It's obviously Jalen Rieger, their first round pick. Alshon Jeffrey is starting the season on the pup. Deshaun Jackson's primary backup and Marquise Goodwin has opted out for the season. Obviously, I like him. I'm almost 40 spots ahead of consensus on him. I just think he's going to be out there as a wide receiver one in a Carson Wentz offense with an offensive line that, yes, some players have been getting hurt for them. They bring back Jason Peters, but an offensive line with a good quarterback behind that coming out as the wide receiver one. Carson Wentz was able to make Greg Ward a, a primary option last year down the stretch. And honestly, he was playable in fantasy, not only DFS, but season long leagues as a free agent. Carson Wentz is a top 10 fantasy quarterback and maybe even real life quarterback right now for me in the NFL. And he is in my rankings. Again, Supreme Draft Guide down below. Get those right now. And that's going to help bolster up Deshaun Jackson, who still has it. They're saying all reports out of camp. He's as speedy as ever. He looks very dominant. It looks like he hasn't had injuries the last two years. And I'm going to buy it at this point because these speedy wide receivers last longer in the NFL. So thank you so much for tuning into this video. I appreciate it. Those are our 10 values. Let me rank them again or list them in order. No rankings, just listing some of the players that I'm seeing. Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones in those middle rounds at wide receiver, John w. Smith and Chris Herndon for the late round tight ends and the late round wide receivers that are offering value. There's a lot of them, but to pick two out of them for you right now that I like a lot, Alan Lazard out of the Green Bay, wide receiver two there, and Deshaun Jackson, who's potentially the wide receiver one, and it looks like it right now for the Eagles. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe before you go. The Supreme Draft Guide landing page is now on the screen behind me. It is linked down below for just $10. $10 for just this week only. That's it. And then it's done. So be sure before you go into your draft to dominate your draft and absolutely smack around these guys in your league right now because you're going to with this Supreme Draft Guide. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all and I'll see you in the next one.